Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner podcast. My name is Josh Buccinelli. The following is an interview with Chad Wallace. Chad is the head girls cross country and distance coach for North Central High School. During this interview, we cover Chad's background in the sport, his introduction to coaching, what he's learned about taking over and building a successful program, and much more. Chad's emphasis on creating buy-in, building a culture where each girl feels valued, and pushing the boundaries of what each girl thinks they can accomplish has led to a lot of early success. This is another great guest. I enjoyed the interview a lot. I uh, hope you all enjoy it as much as I did. And without further ado, I give you Chad Wallace. Coach Wallace, welcome to the Indiana Runner Podcast. Hey, well, thanks for having me, Josh. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess first off, congrats on the the podium finish this past weekend. Oh, thank you. I'm pretty excited about that. Still, um, thought maybe we could have done a little more, but overall, the podium finish is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how are you feeling about things? I guess in hindsight, thinking about the the season and. Um, well, it's, it hasn't quite been a week yet, so I'm still trying yeah. to let everything sink in and process. Um, I guess depending on the day, you're going to get a different answer on, yeah. on that question, <laughs> but here we are today, so you're going to get today's answer. Um, at first, if you look back at that state meet day, at first we were a little disappointed because we thought maybe we had a little more in us than, than fifth place. But actually, as we look back towards the season, we met all of our preseason goals. We were mm-hmm. sectional champions. We were Mick champions. Uh, we made the podium again. So we made those big team goals. But individually, we met some goals. We had five girls run under 19 minutes this year. So uh-huh. that was that's pretty big for our program. Unfortunately, it was not all ever on the same Saturday. Yeah. But <laughs> five girls under 19. So that was that was pretty huge. And then even looking back even more, I mean, Noblesville this year and Aaron Becker did a great job with them and being runners up to them, both at um, regional and semi-state. It's a pretty big accomplishment for how, how strong that team was. Yeah, absolutely. You guys really came out at the end. I was, I was very impressed uh, with how you guys finished your season for sure. Cool. Well, we're going to get into a bunch here, but we're going to open it up with a little tear talk. Uh, The theme of this week is best snack foods. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. So my number three is, this is very specific. It's from Trader Joe's. It's the chili and lime rolled corn tortilla chips. Do you, do you ever go to Trader Joe's or do you have um, one every once, every once in a while? Okay. Yeah. Same, same here. They're, I don't know. Their snacks are a little questionable. They're always kind of a little too foo-foo for me, <laughs> but they have these, uh, yeah, these rolled corn tortilla chips are super good. So that's number three. Number two is jalapeno kettle chips. So these always destroy my stomach, but they, <laughs> they taste so good. Uh, so that's number two. Number one, I wouldn't say they're always number one, but when they like sound good or I'm in the mood for them, they're just like on another level. And I just cheese it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And well, this is- this is, sorry, this is super like random, but it always happens like once a month while I'm running. I just start craving Cheez Its, and it, I don't know, it just sounds <laughs> so good. But yeah, so those, those are my three. 
that sounds weird when you're running. So kind of get kind of dry, right? In your mouth. I <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, so for me, well, first of all, the kettle chips are always there for us at our house in almost any flavor. But I would say my three go-tos are the white cheddar um, smart pop. So okay. the white cheddar um, and Dots pretzels. I don't know. It's a specific type of pretzel. Oh, those are so good. Yeah. In fact, we can't keep enough bags at our house between my wife and I and my daughter <laughs> who's still at home. It's almost like we need our own bag per week. Yeah. So we kind of fight over that. But ultimately, my go-to snack is almonds. Like huh. I always have container of almonds with me in my coaching bag and, and my drawers at school and really any kind of almonds, raw, salted, any of them, <laughs> but specifically the blue diamond ghost pepper almonds are hands down. Ghost pepper. Yeah. I'm a spicy guy. So their cayenne ones are good too, but the blue diamond ghost pepper almonds, try them if you like spicy stuff. Okay. I'll have to try them. The dots though. Those are, those are amazing. And I think cause they have the seasoning on it. You like just, you can't have just one because your hands start getting dirty. You just got to keep going. You know. I would agree. It's the seasoning. This the pretzel portion isn't anything special. Yeah, on there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, cool. So we're gonna take it back to the beginning. Um, what uh, what's your background in running? How did you get started? Um, do you have a background in running? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, a, yeah. that's a really good question. So. Um, I honestly did not pick up running till a little bit later in life after I was married. And my wife uh, is a marathon runner and watching her train got me very intrigued on how the training process went. Mm. And so I helped her train for multiple races, including Boston. And that's when I fell in with the love of running and I was registering for any 5k, 10k half marathon that I could fit into the schedule. Mm. Um, and that's how I fell in love with running because honestly, I was born in the 70s. Went to school in the early 90s. I lived in Indiana with six foot four. So <laughs> I was pushed into basketball. So <laughs> when I was in high school, that's kind of the path I took just because of, I guess, the era, my height, and you know, living here. Um, I did high jump and track. So I wasn't like I was yeah. not around running. Um, so I high jumped there. But honestly, I got my first coaching gig in 1999, probably well before you were born, I'm assuming um 96 okay so, so close close yeah um, <laughs> i was actually coaching middle school basketball and you know when you're fresh out of college and you're a teacher any extra money is is helpful <laughs> so uh, those long nights of the 17 to 8 basketball score <laughs> it <was> very interesting. <laughs> and i did that for uh three years and then I decided to go back to get my master's. So I stopped coaching for two years altogether. And when I came back to middle school, I said, hey, we still need a coach. Would you like to coach basketball? And I did that for one more year. It was, it was, it was interesting, but I wouldn't say it was a fun or a passion. Mm. A long time uh, Eastwood Middle School cross country coach, Bruce Bowling, he started their cross country program and was the only coach in the history of the school. Mm. Came up to me and said, I think you're going to like, you will like this better as much as you're running and as much as you're spending 5K, 10Ks on the weekends, you want to do this. So he took me in under his wing and I kind of was his assistant for a year. Mm. And then he retired and I became the second coach at Eastwood Middle School in the history of school. And I coached there for nine years. Oh, wow. So that's, that's how I started coaching. Um, in fact, it, I'm still in contact with a lot of those first runners. Um, shout out Connor Smith. I was one of his first coaches and he's an assistant coach with us here at North Central now. Oh, so cool. That's cool that one of my first uh, kids I was able to coach is, is an assistant right now for me. So that's really cool. But um, as that was going on, um, I got my kids into running because there was this 
this kid that ran for North Central, you might heard of him. His name's Footsome. So <laughs> when, you're feeding in, when you're coaching the middle school that feeds into that high school, just the the running community really was a buzz about that. So mm. take, taking my personal kids to go watch them run. And at that time I coached, I, sorry, coached, I taught down the hall from Tyler McCreary a few years later, who he became the North Central head coach. Mm. And I know I bugged him. I was always going into his room asking about splits and times and training. <laughs> and, and, you know, this is before school, he's trying to get ready. And he finally said, hey, why don't you just come to some of our practices so you can see what a high school practice is like? So mm. as soon as the middle school seasons were over, I believe it was two years or three years in a row, I just went and hung out with his North Central team and watched them prepare for sectionals and something I just really loved to do. And it just made me made me really interested and intrigued. And I started going to all the coaching conferences before I even moved to the high school. Um, Tyler left and then Taylor Marshall took over and he immediately hired me as his assistant coach, which mm. was a really good fit because I was older at the time. So I had a lot of that team management stuff, mm. but he had the specific training for the boys. So it was a really good fit. I did that for four years with uh, Coach Marshall, and then the girls' position opened up, and I thought long and hard, talked to my wife about it, said, hey, I, I think I want to try this, and here we are. I've done that for three years. So kind wow. of a, a weird transition from a middle school basketball coach to uh, coaching of the North Central Girls Program. Yeah, wow. That's <laughs> that's an interesting journey, unique for sure. Um, backtracking a bit, what uh, what high school did you go to when you – Actually, I actually graduated from North Central High School in 93. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and then, so when you took over the the middle school program, was it like, did you love it right away or? I absolutely loved it. I loved it right away. Just the, mm. just the, the way that even the middle school runners, the way you have to push your body, the way you have to train, it's just not something that I had seen as a basketball player. But as I saw my wife doing that to prepare for her marathons, it just was amazing to me. And just, I fell in love with it. Yeah. Do you miss basketball at all? Um, no, not really. I, I in mm. fact, I don't, I don't even really watch it as much anymore. Like, really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, what, uh, what was your training like when you first started out? Did you know much about what middle schoolers did for training or yeah well it's interesting you know training for a 3k <laughs> is completely different for <laughs> than a 5k or above so i actually followed coach bowling's plan and we really did something similar to what goes on in high school we had a long run day you know we had some gentle days and then we had the workout days of course long runs for middle school not not nearly what we do in high school but mm -hmm. we did have that and i kind of developed a, a year-round program because we started in the summer and a lot of middle school programs didn't. So we would run, you know, starting in June and getting prepared for the season. And it was just, it was, you know, I think it's the whole year round preparation, not just, oh, cross countries up, you know, two, two month, three month sport. Well, mm -hmm. I took that, I took that into my training in middle school too. And that's why we had some success, I believe. Yeah. Did you always want to be a head high school coach? Was that the goal or did you just want to be a that coach? Was, that was not the goal at all. Um, it just kind of fell. Right. Um, there was times where I was asked to come over to the high school, but that's when my kids were younger and I didn't want to miss their uh, sports that they played and mm. what they were doing. And then when Taylor asked me to come on over, I was like, well, you know, my son's a high schooler now, my daughter's in middle school. They don't need as much guidance. They just, they can go. And, um, and it, that's just how it came to be. And when the girl spot opened up, I was like, do I really, really want to be a head coach? 
you know, I'm just now, my son plays college soccer. So I was like, am I going to be able to see his, his sporting events? My daughter was a high school soccer player who's getting ready to go play college soccer now. Is that going to fit? And we were, I was able to make it work. So I love it. That's awesome. And so getting into teaching, like, did you know, I for sure want to be a coach as well, or is teaching the main passion or has that changed and has it changed over the years? Um, I would say, you know, 20, 23 years ago, teaching was the passion, but right now coaching's the passion. Mm. So sometimes it's knowing that I get to go be with my runners at the end of the school day is what gets me through or knowing that I get to, uh, you know, help them along their college journey, even more so as a coach than just as a teacher is really mm. Yeah, absolutely. So you were Taylor's assistant for a few years. Is that mm -hmm. right? Okay. Is that for, that's for the boys program, right? That was for the boys program. Okay. How was it, how was it like as his assistant and how was it transitioning over to in the girls program? You know, it was very interesting from right away. Uh, he had, he, he, we had a mutual respect for each other despite mm -hmm. the age gap and despite um, his background and my background we worked really well together. And to be honest, there was one year where he, he obviously he was the head coach, but he could, he was teaching at the middle school and couldn't even make it over for practice. So I, there's one year where I ran all the practices mm. and he was basically getting there at the end to see how things went. Now he wrote the training, but I basically implemented it. So it was actually a really good fit. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, so for many reasons, but one of the reasons I wanted to, to talk with you is kind of on the subject of like taking over and building mm -hmm. a, a new program. Um, so not to, you know, I want this to be about like your success, not about the maybe not success of the, the prior program, but like 2017, 2018, 2019, North Central Girls didn't make it to state. You take over in 2020, right? Correct. Um, you guys are fifth at state that year, 2021, 11, 2022 this year your fifth again. Um, so what, I guess we'll go from the beginning. What was it like taking over a program? Um, did you get buy-in right away? Like what were, what was your so, head at? So um, let's go back to the spring of that season. Um, the coach that coached the girls before me cross country, she had resigned and they, um, both the boys head track coach and girls head track coach decided I would coach both boys and girls distance that year and be the distance coach. Um, so I started that spring kind of more in the winter because it was indoor track. I started working with them and then this little thing called COVID happened <laughs> and we had one indoor meet where I got to coach a few of the girls. Um, but that really shut down and that spring all we could really do is have zoom calls and report our times. And as I was working with both the boys and the girls, I saw the, the light and fire of the girls, mm. right? They were coming to all the zoom calls. They, we were doing core together on the zoom calls. They were <laughs> immediately coming in after the runs logging in. And I saw how passionate they were. And when that girl's spot opened up, I said, you know what? I think, I think this is a group that I want to work with. Mm. And so then I was named the head coach. Summer came. COVID was still around. We weren't sure what was going to happen. And about three weeks into our training, our township school board shut down fall sports for just our district. Wow. So I had to tell our girls, hey, we can't practice together anymore. You guys can't be together. I can't be with you. 
all why the everyone around us mm. was still practicing. And I was like, man, what am I going to do? Like, here's my first year as a head coach. Yeah. I, can't even, I can't even be with my athletes. Um, but they, they did the plan I gave them. I mean, I, it was, you know, we checked in once a week. Have you been doing what you need to do? Um, but I couldn't even encourage them to be together. I mm. was told I'd have them do it on their own. We are eventually reinstated. But it was so late into the summer, we couldn't even participate in our first scheduled meet because we did not have enough practices. Wow. So that that being my first experience as a head coach was very, very, you know, it's just difficult, but also like I was heartbroken. Like this is all I wanted to do. Yeah. However, that being said, I also think that helped us because once we came back from that shutdown, we only had about 30 girls. The years before there were 50 to 60, but it was the 30 girls that really wanted to run. Mm -hmm. And that meant when it was time for training and um, there was no complaining, there was no dropping off the workout. There was no one slowing down the long run paces. They just wanted to be there. Mm. So, you know, I think that lit a fire under them, but it was also very helpful to have just a smaller group that just wanted to be there. And I'm glad that we've built the program back up and you know, we're up to 55 girls again this year, but it was very, just having that small group that wanted to be there was very helpful. And I also, I had a senior leader, Ellen Baker, who was mm -hmm. amazing. My first year, she ended up breaking our school record at 1745. She was fourth at the state meet, but she bought in immediately because I coached her her first couple of years in middle school before I came mm -hmm. over to the boys I had also taught her two separate years in school. And when I was the middle school coach, I had a little, a program for uh, younger runners, like third through fifth grade. Mm -hmm. she, she participated in that. Mm. So I had known her and it was immediate buy-in to the point where when we were doing workouts, if girls were 10 seconds too fast or too slow off their pace, she was getting on them for not <laughs> following what I said. And I don't know how many first-year coaches would, that would be able to do that with, but having your senior leader who became the school record holder believe in you because you'd worked with her before was huge. Yeah. And so that, and then just the younger girls, that was, a, and we only had two other seniors that year. So we had a really young, young team and all those other girls seeing the success she, she had. And she was such an amazing person. The other younger girls, they wanted to be like her. Mm. So being like her meant they were going to do what I asked them to do. And that was really helpful. Yeah. That Does kind that of a hundred percent buy-in from every girl? I'd be lying if I said, yes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is that like something that can be created that, that type of buy-in, like where, where does, where did that come from? Do you think is a special kind of person or I, yeah. I, I think for one, it was a relationship I had had with her being coaching her before knowing her parents and just coming in right away. I do know that that first, uh, first two indoor meets we had before they shut down, I had been working with her all winter and she had, in, she had definitely improved since the fall. And she mm -hmm. saw that and was just very, very willing to work. Okay. Yeah. What, uh, so what, I guess, I don't know, obviously it wasn't an ideal taking over the program during COVID, but, um, starting out, what, what goals did you have for the program? Well, I just wanted to see girls that wanted to be better. Um, you know, I was with Marshall and the boys, so we were around the girls, but the year before I took over, 
they were cheering for seventh place at regional. Not mm -hmm. that that's not that that's you know a bad thing, but I was like, I think these girls deserve more or, or can do more, right? So my first goal was to get girls that wanted to push themselves to make it to the semi-state, to make it to state. And I thought a little bit more. I mean, North Central is a very large school. We were sending boys to run at the next level, but girls really weren't leaving the girls program to run at the next level. And I wanted to, I wanted that to happen. Mm. So obviously that happened with Ellen after my first year going to a D1 school, have a couple girls this year that are going to make some announcements here in a little bit. Um, mm. But that was another goal to build the program where they are wanting to run at the next level. So that was something I wanted a buy-in as well. Yeah. Did they believe it right away that they could achieve that? Um, it took a little convincing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, when you have some of the top girls in your in the state, just in your sectional for track and cross country, without naming those big name girls, it, mm -hmm. it, it was a little frustrating for me. Well, we're never going to beat them. We're, we'll never be as good as that. I said, there's a lot of people that will never be as good as that. However, we can be as best that we can be. Mm. And we had a saying, it started with open your eyes, meaning you need to open your own eyes to how good you can be. And when we started getting better, the same came, we need to open their eyes. The rest of the state needs to see how good mm. we can be. So that was kind of our saying, all about open our eyes, open their eyes. And that kind of became fun. I really like that. Um, were there... I think you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but some things from like the prior coach or just the history of the program, um, maybe that had led to lack of success that uh, kind of carried on as you took over or was it hard to kind of overcome that? Um, I think it was a matter, um, it was routine. I think routine is something that I do well with. And I don't know if that's why my girls do well with it, but they like knowing on Wednesday, this is what we're doing on Tuesday. This is what we're doing, whether, you know, the distance of the long run may change, but they know what day that is. They know the day we're coming in and doing hurdle drills and medicine balls and mini bands. And it's a gentle day. They know that. So routine was huge, but then coaching the girls, it's not just about the running. It's about building community. And mm -hmm. once we started having success, I needed a way to not just promote the top seven or eight. How can I get 13 wanting to be number nine? How can I get 20 wanting to fight for a sectional spot? Mm. So finding ways to do that and just found some silly little things. Um, have this, we have this big stuffed banana. I don't know if you've seen that our team tent, but it's about three feet big. <laughs> and I wrote on it, North Central breakout banana. Big, huge thing. And any Saturday that a girl has a breakout run, not that you're a number one, but man, you are our 20th girl and you just had a 45 second PR, someone who just broke out that day. They get the breakout banana, they sign it, goes home <laughs> for the week and they love it. All right. So that was something that I added that was just fun that I could encourage some of the, the girls that weren't quite varsity, but had potential to be. But more importantly, in the summer, it almost always every week goes to a freshman. Mm. So, oh, look, coach noticed you this week. Look, look how you ran. You know, you're on the coach's radar. So in the beginning, it's a lot going to the freshmen or sophomores during the summer who had a great week of practice. And then as we move on to the season, that sometimes the breakout bananas go into our number eight that finished fifth that week. But mm. something kind of fun and different that wasn't, wasn't to do with training, but something that they all wanted. 
Um, it's getting a little old now. We might have to buy another one because <laughs> I don't know if I, they really want to keep it in their house anymore for a week when it's been around for two, two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, probably seen some things. Um, how do you, I guess, balance focusing on the best girls and wanting to succeed and giving attention to like the 50th girl or how do you, I don't know, on a, on a bigger team, how do you balance that? So that's where assistant coaches come in um, mm-hmm. some, but ultimately, I, you know, being the head coach, I want to make sure that I'm, I know, I know them all and I'm helping them all. And usually earlier in the season, I do end up spending more time with the back, you know, the back end girls or the newer girls to teach them routine. And so I can get to know them as the mm-hmm. season moves on. Obviously the focus starts getting more towards the top end girls and who's mm-hmm. going to be on the sectional roster. But I do kind of focus on that middle and then the younger runners early on in the season. Um, and then as, as we trans, you know, transgress through the season, then I have the assistant coach kind of move over with them. And then I move over to the, to the varsity level girls. Yeah. What, uh, what advice would you have for assistant coaches? Um, how can they be, the best assistant coach they can be? How can they support their coach? Well, one is um, show, make sure the runners know that they trust the the head coach, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want any kind of division, whether, you know, whether you disagree or not, that should never be seen by runners. Um, so that is one, but supporting the coach in any way, asking the coach, Hey, can I try riding some training for a week or two? And, and showing that you're willing to do that, obviously, um, keeping splits and, and crunching the numbers. I like doing that. Um, so I kind of keep that for me, but I always encourage my assistant coach to do that on their own to see, do they have someone see some of the same trends that I see mm. uh, and then helping talk with parents um, being a bigger program. There's many parents that often want to talk on Saturdays so <laughs> being out that, uh, that duty. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what are, what are some things that you've changed like year to year? Um, now being three years as a head coach, are there any um, major changes to you know, program or a little bit. So mileage, when I first started, um, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't putting too many miles on them too soon with a new coach. So each year we bumped up our long run, we bumped up our mileage. So I think this year coming up, we'll even have a little more of a bump, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, but for me, I don't, I don't bump that up with the freshmen. I have a plan that I deal with them until I feel they're ready to run what the, uh, the, the older girls are doing. Um, the weight room is something we've really added the last two seasons. Um, and I kind of want to tweak what we're doing and how long into the season we actually continue with our weights coach. Okay. Um, it seems like there's kind of two camps that the one camp, like girls can't handle anywhere close to what, you know, a guy can. And then there's another camp that says like girls can handle a lot more than maybe the average coach would, would place on her plate. Where do you kind of fall along that spectrum? So since I have coached both at the high school mm-hmm. level, as an assistant for the boys, um, it's very interesting. And I wouldn't say it would be boy versus girl. I would say it would be uh, strong-willed runners versus runners that need your mental help. And mm-hmm. Um, their, their, their mind is their biggest strength. Um, and both, both female and male athletes, some of them are so determined, whatever training plan you put in front of them is going to work. There are others that 
you could put something very minimal in front of them and they mentally still think they can't do it. Mm. So it's more of a mental to me more than physical and who, who you can push more. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, looking back on your three years so far, have there been any like keys that, that jump out at you to, to how much success you've had? Um, again, I think, making that podium the fresh of my first season with this such a young group when we lost one runner off that sectional roster was huge the confidence coming off of that i mean really was just was enormous and they couldn't wait till the track season they couldn't wait till the next cross country season and i think that would i mean that's the one one thing i would pinpoint that was huge for us as a program um making that podium I mean, even making the state, it'd been over 10 years since the girls program had even made it to the state meet. So making it to the podium that first year just had the parents all excited, had the runners excited, had their younger sisters excited. You know, I have two sisters next year. I'll have two sets of sisters on the team that will both be varsity runners. So I think just that trickle down effect is, was huge. Yeah. I really like what you said about belief too. I feel like that's a huge piece. Um, cause it, it can be hard to believe that you can have success if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but trust like you projecting that belief and that trust, I think is, is huge. I mean, I tell them every day, I believe in them. And when I give them a workout and sometimes you get this look on their face, it's going to be too hard. I always say, I believe in you. Mm. I will never ask you to do something you cannot do. And mm. then they do the workout just fine. And I always say, I believed in you. That's why I wrote that training the way it was. Mm. And I will never ask you to do something you're not capable of. And I think that trust in me and me believing in them has really helped. Yeah. What, uh, what aspects of coaching or what um, maybe events or things that have happened so far have really made coaching worth it for you? Um. Sometimes I could look at the top and say, oh, well, we did this in the four by eight. We did this as a team. But I think it's more of the, the culture that I've seen happen in our team. Um, being at the building where you coach is amazing. Um, you know, right now I walk into school every morning and there's 20 to 25 girls on the team just hanging out in front of my door or in my room because they want to be together. It's mm. a place for them. Many of the varsity runners have lunch the same period as me. So they come eat in my room and hang mm -hmm. out and that's huge on culture. So to me, that that's huge. You have girls that want to be together. You have girls that want to come talk during their lunch about splits or college or, or even they need help with something in school. Being able to provide all of that for them has been more rewarding than any, any team, you know, title or, or individual runner success, just building a program and just watching them want to be together and trusting in me and trusting in each other um, has been really huge. And that trust in each other is one reason why I think we have some pack running. Um, mm. They've learned to run together at practice where no one wants to fall off the long run anymore. Even on you, you know, you have that long run. It's just not your day. You're not feeling it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to fall from the pack. They want to hit the paces because their teammates are. Um, so that's huge. And I think that went over to track my girls, um, last season, they all wanted to do the four by eight because they wanted to be part of a team and run with each other opposed to give that up to try to be an individual 800 or, or mile runner. So that, that team aspect for me is just so rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually something I've been thinking a lot about recently. Like, obviously it's easier to say this now that we like one state, 
Um, maybe I'd feel a little bit differently if we hadn't won, but I don't know. I just think about like today I ran with one of the freshmen. We did like a workout together. And to me, that was just like so much more rewarding and enjoyable to like get to spend that time with him, to talk with him, to encourage him to, I don't know, to see his growth. Like it's, I don't know, it's great to win and you want to aspire to be, you know, like you said, as good as you can be like each individual on the team, but yeah, that culture, that building relationships, the seeing each runner grow like year to year as they, as a person, as a, as a runner, I think it just, yeah, makes it so much more worth it. Um, Cause you, yeah, you can't, you can't control like what other teams do. Um, they may be, um, might be an unbelievable year and you finish off the podium, but if, it's, if the culture grew and the individual girl, girls grew or guys in this case, then I don't know. I think it was still worth it for sure. Um, cool. Uh, let's see. What uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. What is what have been some maybe highlights, lowlights, and things that have really I guess stuck out to you during your time at, at North Central so far? Is there anything we haven't mentioned? Uh, well, the 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 two lowlights would be the one when I had to tell the girls that our school board had shut us down and we, mm. our school is not going to have fall sports, even though everyone else in our conference and our County, we're still going to. So the look on their faces when we just like, they were excited to be running again. That was just, it was so hard for me to do. Mm. And the other was kind of the following year when we thought we had a chance to make the podium and didn't really have our best day, but some other teams didn't have their best day. And, we end up finishing 11th, even though that was still really close to the podium when you look at the points that year. Mm. But when you went from 5th to 11th with basically the same runners was kind of a, a shock to the system. And it did leave them hungry this year. But the initial shock of, oh, that did not feel good. And yeah. that feeling that we didn't want to have that feeling again. Um, but definitely some highlights, um, I guess, would be podium two of two of three years. Um, I guess we got a perfect score at our conference meet this year. So that was pretty, nice. pretty, pretty exciting to watch the girls go one, not only one through five, but one through seven. And then just a big pack was, was pretty exciting, especially we had a lot of alumni there because it was held on our course this year. So having a bunch of alumni see that was, was pretty rewarding. Um, and just, just the success that cross country has led over to track in our four by eight, because the, the four by eight for the girls North Central team, it's been a while since they had done anything and seeing that success transfer over from what we're doing in the fall to the spring, that's been pretty rewarding as well. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, uh, do you enjoy cross country or track more? I love the atmosphere of cross country. I love Saturdays of cross country, mm. but I love the track training. I love mm. it's, it's so numbers. It's, it's, I, coaching track during practice is more fun meet days the culture the atmosphere the pasta parties that our teams do every friday night so cross country on that aspect training for track aspect okay i totally agree with that uh even like when i was running in high school like the team aspect of cross country like you said the, the environment is different and i think better in a lot of ways but track is just, I don't know. It's just a different thing. It's cool. Um, 
What have been uh, some of your like coaching influences? Uh, have there been any resources or people that really affected the way you view coaching? Um, well, well, I was uh, Bruce Bowling. Like I said, he was the initial. He started the cross country program at the middle school and was there for years. And he was a he ran in in high school and college. And he was a true mentor to me. Um, I still talk to him to this day every once in a while, or he'll post on a, a social media account of mine. Congratulations! So that was huge. But the coaching community in this northern Indianapolis area is huge. I mean, I obviously I talked to Taylor quite a bit. Whitney Bevins, we talked a lot about training and just it, it's I mean, there's a lot I could name. I could name more. But as a new coach, I would say reach out like there's so many coaches that are there to to give you information or just plain talk cross country for hours because we could do it. <laughs> um, obviously, I, I've done a lot of reading. I just finished the runner's guide to the meaning of life. And just started oh. Scott Litzkin's Scott Litzkin's book, so I plan on finishing that this next couple of weeks. Uh, going to as many coaching conferences as you can. Um, I mean, so I guess is all around. I mean, many many places. Yeah. What the? What did you say the book was called? The Runner's Guide to the Meaning of Life. Mm -hmm. What is what is that about? Well, it it, it, it huh. you almost <laughs> have to read it for yourself. I don't want to like ruin okay. what it is, but. Yeah. just talking about how running can relate to many aspects of your life mm. and and whether you're you know whether you're having a good day a bad day whether your ups or downs that you know running has many of those same things and mm. how is running similar to all the th all the roller coaster of life basically yeah who wrote it uh, i don't have it right in front of me right oh, now that's all good that sounds really interesting though let me take a look at it uh when you took over the role of head coach for the girls program, um, how were you able to establish like a good relationship with your AD, with uh, the head track coach, or maybe it was you? Um, and then how how'd you go about hiring assistant coaches and bringing them them on? All right. Um, well, the AD, um, we were in a transition from the AD. So my first year was our AD's first year. Um, and I he kind of let me do my thing. Right. He's like, Dad, I've hired you for a reason. You you're going to go coach the girls. You do what you need to do and let me know when you need something. And that's kind of been the relationship the last three years where he's kind of let me do what I need to do. And he trusts me to run the program the way I want it run. Um, he asked questions sometimes, but, you know, what something I thought was huge. He was at the state meet uh, just last Saturday and once the race was over and the girls were walking back to the team tent, he could tell I was frustrated or I wasn't, mm. I wasn't, I wasn't celebrating. I, he knew I was upset. So he left and about an hour later, I got a text from him just talking about how proud he was of the girls and myself mm. and, and the coaching staff I put together. So just knowing that even though we didn't have our best day, it was still a great day that the athletic director was supporting you. I thought that was pretty huge. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, are you, you aren't the head track coach, are you? No, I'm just the distance girls coach. And so um, the, tr the head track coach is, again, kind of let me do my thing. He mm -hmm. said, I'll intervene when I need to, but you have the 800 and up. Do what you need to do. We'll talk about lineups here and there, but basically I'm going to trust you on what lineup you think you should be running. Um, and then we talked and had some discussions about, well, who should maybe run the four by eight versus the open is there a four by eight girl that maybe on this dual meet, we're going to pull down and let her do the four by four, some of that type of thing. But mostly the training I, I get to do. Cool. That's awesome. It sounds like you have great relationships there. 
Uh, what about hiring assistant coaches? Um, how did you go about doing that? Well, my first year, the uh, my assistant coaches were already in place, so mm-hmm. I didn't change anything there. So the two those two coaches stayed with me the first year, which was pretty helpful because the girls already knew them, um, and I knew them somewhat because the boys and girls program at North Central we're not we're not totally together, but we're not totally separate either. We go to the same meets, we have pasta parties together, but uh, we're not completely together either. So knowing them, and then this year both of them left for various reasons. Um, one was pursuing a master's degree. One took a different job. So um, that took me kind of scrounging around a little bit, like <laughs> hey, this is getting, it's, it's July and I'm here by myself with 50 some girls. So <laughs> I started calling around and made, made some calls and I was actually able to hire someone who just graduated IU and she had run for North Central when I was a boys assistant coach. So mm-hmm. I knew her as a runner I wasn't directly her head coach, but I knew who she was. So, and she was a really good fit. Okay. Awesome. So is that your only assistant right now? Only had, yes. One assistant currently. Okay, cool. Um, I had another question, but I'm totally blanking on it. Let's see. Um, what, uh, how would you describe, I guess, your coaching philosophy in regards to like training versus culture, like how much emphasis do you put on, on each? Um, hopefully they can go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Right. But I believe with the with coaching girls, culture is big, right? Mm-hmm. Having, having girls that want to be there with each other that were supporting each other is huge. So I think that goes back to the summer, you know, doing silly things like water balloon fights or scavenger hunts on the course you know, having singing competitions between the different grade levels. Of course, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't take place instead of practice. Yeah. After practice, they're wanting to hang around for 20, 30 minutes and be with each other. And to me, that's important because if they don't want to be together and they're bickering and they're arguing about who's number two runner versus number four runner, that's not going to get us anywhere, mm. right? We, I truly believe we have to be a team and we have to encourage each other. You may not have had your best day, but your teammate did. Let's go celebrate them. Just like when they're not having their best day and you do, you want them to come celebrate you. So I really believe that culture is important, that they have to want to be there. Then once they want to be there, you kind of can up the training, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of have them, they're hooked. Their friends are there. They're having fun. And now, okay, they can make it through this hard workout or they can make it past, oh, this is the first time I've ever run over 10 miles before. Mm. They can do that um, because they bought into the culture. So I think I think maybe culture first, mm. training second. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just with the program I started with. Yeah. Uh, for a program who maybe like recently hasn't had as much success as they'd want to, is there anything that you can that you've seen over the past three years that maybe if, if another program adopted it, it would be a key to kind of jumpstarting some success or some mindset I, changes or anything? Well, setting real, setting realistic goals. I talk to that a lot with my girls. Like what are realistic goals? Yes. Every year. Oh yeah. We want to be state champions. We want to make the podium. Well, <laughs> some years that's not actually realistic. Is mm-hmm. it realistic to be third in your conference? Is it realistic that this 22 minute girl can get down to 21 minutes or just under 21. So setting realistic goals. And once you set those small girl goals and these girls start feeling success, then maybe the goal can get higher and higher and higher. 
Mm. I think they have to feel success um, in, in small increments before mm. the program can really fill, uh, f- you know, grow. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Uh, what have you learned about being a male coach for girls? No, that's just the one question that you sent me that I was like, I do not know how to answer this. So I actually <laughs> talked to my, I, I talked to my runners about this today at lunch. I said, Hey, I'm mm-hmm. being interviewed. And this is one of the questions. What do you guys think of me as a male coach? So we talked about it a little bit. And I'm not gonna tell you what they said right away. I'm gonna go back to what I thought. When I first took over, I was a little nervous, like, oh, I'm gonna be coaching high school girls, there's gonna be drama, there's gonna be all these different things to worry about. And I just went into it going, wait a minute, I have a high school daughter of my own and she's a high school athlete. I'm not going to treat them any differently than I'm treating her, right? If they need someone to be hard on them, I'm going to be hard on them. If they need someone to just step away because they need their space, I'm going to step away and be in their space. If if they need that cheer, rah, rah, this is the type of person they are, I'm going to give that to them. And usually one single girl is going to need all three of those things. <laughs> Right. And you just right. have to kind of see where are they and what they need. So for me as a coach, I guess being older is a little helpful. I'm treating them because like my daughter, because mm-hmm. my daughter's the same age as them. So I, I asked the girls, well, what did you think about that? You had a female head coach. And then I was coming in and their first, their first response is we were scared. Mm-hmm. They, they were scared. Um, maybe they saw my interactions with the boys. Cause I can, I can be loud. Right. And sometimes I had to be the discipline disciplinarian. And sometimes they saw that. So they were scared. But once they once they realized I'm not I'm not really I, I might be towering over them at six, four, when <laughs> five, three. But they realized that I, I wasn't scary. And what they really said they have appreciated is that I'm really upfront with them. They know when I'm happy with their performance. They know when I'm frustrated, they could do better. They know when I'm excited of how their workout went. They know I'm disappointed when they when they dropped out. So that being right up front with them, there's no gray area. There's no, oh, I'm not sure if coach is happy or mad. Mm-hmm. They really have appreciated that. And that's something they, they've really come to tell me all the time. Like, oh, we knew you were mad that day. So we... <laughs> Or, or, oh, you, you, you know, you were really happy with our run or you, oh, you were so proud of so-and-so. I, I think that's been really helpful is that they know where they stand, where my emotions are, and there's no gray area. I think that helps with girls. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is there anything? It's only been three years. I'm still learning. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, were there any like surprising aspects of coaching girls moving from the boys program? Anything that like, yeah, you weren't expecting or? the determination hmm. uh, i some of these girls are are the most determined athletes i've ever coached and you know i've coached a, a while and i i just couldn't believe that like some hmm. of them literally run through a brick wall if you said that's what the training was today <laughs> and you know that buy in and their determination i just it has been unmatched with some of the other athletes so i was really surprised there and I was really surprised with the commitment once they decided to buy in mm. that, hey, the, we're going to do this and we're going all in. You know, it's not, oh, I want to be a good runner, but oh, there's the homecoming dance on Friday or there's a party this weekend. No, they've bought in. They mm. skip all of those things because they want to run and they're so determined. And I w- have been blown away by that. Yeah. It seems like everyone that I've talked to or heard from that, maybe didn't initially coach girls like coach boys and then moved to a girls program or like didn't 
uh, hadn't planned to coach girls, but became a girls coach, just like loves it and would never go, maybe never go back to boys or just was it, yeah, pleasantly surprised by. Yeah, my wife says all the time, she can't believe how happy I am coming home from work. And mm-hmm. I said, it's these, these, the, the team I'm coaching just makes me so happy with how hard they work and their commitment. You know, my daughter, my daughter, you know, she, she goes to a rival high school, but she comes and watches my runners run because she knows how much of important, how important that is to me. Mm-hmm. So that's been fun to having my family support because mm-hmm. they see how happy I've been coaching the girls. That's awesome. Uh, what are some things you're looking forward to next year? Even some things you want to change going forward? Um, well, that's interesting. I, there's training. I'm going to, I tweak every year, right? As a coach, you're never satisfied with how things went or what more you could do. So obviously there's going to be some training tweaks. I wouldn't say changes, but tweaks because don't, don't fix something if it's not broken. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like what we're doing is working fairly well. Um, But ultimately a lot of the things we do have to do with the captains. So next year I'll have new captains because all three of my captains are, we're seniors this year. Mm. So um, some of the changes will depend on what they want to do. Hmm. because ultimately it's their team, you know, and I want them to do what they want to do. And if their team goals are not my goals, but that's what they want, then that's what I'm going to help them achieve. So do you guys have like team meetings and things like that? Do they, how does that work? I guess with your program, we have team, we, we do have team meetings and then I meet with the captains usually once every two weeks to kind mm-hmm. of go over a plan and what direction we think should happen. Or if this scenario happened, how, how should we as a team um, confront that? Now, being me, I'll be the one confronting, I'll be the one uh, directing it, but what do you think we should do? You know, if a girl missed three practices for reason X, Y, and Z, you know, and that's happened with a group of girls as captains, are you okay with that? Are you not okay with that? Mm. Captains are okay with it, then I'm okay with it. But if they're not okay with it, then, hey, I'm going to address that. Mm. Have you seen your girls uh, like really step into that captain role? Yes. And then, and um, the captains are voted upon by their teammates. Mm. So we do a vote. Ultimately I have the final say, but it's basically who is voted in and um, they, they do a lot for me. You know, they, they, you know, do t-shirt designs. They, they come up with our, our season goals and they, I just go to them. They send out emails and texts and tweets and whatever, whatever they do. <laughs> so the rest of the team is ready to hear my message. They, they do all of that. So um, we do have something called the golden spike. I talked about the banana that I give out. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, uh, the captains give a golden spike out each week. So it's basically just a spike that's spray painted gold. Okay. They get to decide who was performed the best for the team, whether mm-hmm. that was out of practice whether that was at a meet, but they get to pick for the week. So that's something they do as well. That's cool. I really like that idea. I feel like that's a great way to no, create that buy-in. Is, that's something that they, that was a tradition that I kept. They had that um, before I moved in, but I thought it was a, a, just an amazing idea. So we kept that. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you, similar to that, to build that culture that you've either added or kept or? Um, I think summer team camp in the summer is really huge, mm. um, especially for the freshmen, because they get to spend hours and hours with upperclassmen that they'll see in the building. North Central being a large school, 
you know, you could have a freshman that walks in and doesn't see any of their freshman friends for the first four hours of the day, mm -hmm. but yet have seen these seniors that they've bonded with around a campfire or, or running through a creek or all the other fun things we do during the summer is, is very beneficial. Where do you guys go? Well, pre-COVID or post-COVID? So <laughs> ever since COVID hit, we have not gone overnight camping. Mm -hmm. um, we've done our camp where we've gone to different state parks each day of the week. Um, oh, cool. So that's, it's been pretty cool. It hasn't been the overnight like they did before. I'm still trying to weigh the pluses and minuses of taking them overnight. Um, I think I have more girls attending because it's from seven in the morning to three in the afternoon at random state parks opposed to overnight. So I might keep it that way just because I feel the attendance is up. Mm, okay. It seems like a lot of coaches are kind of split on team camp. Um, so you see a lot of benefits, a lot of pros to keeping it. Yeah, I, I definitely believe team camp, camp is, is huge. Like they get to know each other. And like I said, that's part of the culture. If they don't know each other, they're not going to want to run for each other and ultimately mm -hmm. team and we're running for each other. Definitely. Um, cool. Well, before we move to, to coach's corner, is there anything about taking over a program, building a program, your coaching background that we, that we've missed or. No, I think, I think I've said about all I know. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. All right. We're going to go to, to coach's corner. So I've got a couple questions for you. So this first one, we uh, kind of already touched on, which is about assistant coaches. Um, is there anything you'd want to add about how an assistant coach can best support their team? Um, and then we haven't, I guess, really talked about the, the second part of the question, which is how, how does an assistant coach who wants to be a head coach best uh, prepare for that? Well, I think the best preparing is, is getting in that coaching community. Like I said, there's, there's circles out there where coaches are meeting and talking, get involved and be part of that. The more you hear, hear coaches talking, the more you're going to pick up just in casual conversation. So I say get involved, get to talk to the coach, the coaches you're coaching with, but talk, start talking to other coaches as well. Um, because ultimately there's multiple coaching philosophies. There's multiple training plans. You have to find out what's the right fit for you, whether it's a piece of this plan and a piece of this plan, or it's, oh, I'm going to totally adopt and mimic this plan over here. They need to go out and find, you know, as much information as they can. That's good. That's good advice. Uh, we kind of spent like 45 minutes answering this next question, but what advice would you have for young head coaches starting out? Is there anything that really sticks out? I don't know. What advice do you have for old head coaches starting out? <laughs> New head coaches. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, sorry. I thought that was funny. No, um, that's good. That's good. I, I got a late start in this, you know, never thought at 45 years old, you'd be having your first high school coaching head job. Um, no, I, I guess the advice is again, believe in yourself, but also ask questions, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to have a workout that might not have went the way you wanted it to. It's okay to have mistakes, right? We're all going to have those. So make sure you're just being positive with yourself, positive with your team, setting small goals, and just, you know, just building that community, but know that there are going to be hiccups. There are going to be bumps in the road, right? There are going to be, your runners may have an injury or mm -hmm. someone who's sick and you have to plug someone else in and you didn't get the result you wanted. 
but you know you have to see past that. you have to see down the road and know that the culture you're building is going to pay off you know not just two months from now but two years from now three years mm-hmm. from now so as a young coach you can't always look at the now you have to do what you're doing now is preparing for success in the future yeah is it hard to keep that mindset um yes especially when you when when you have a a, a runner that goes out and breaks the school record your first year and mm. leads her underclassmen to the podium because now it's almost like the, the other girls oh this is what we do all the time mm. explained mm. hey you know there's a a few years back where this wasn't the norm. So if we want this, we have to keep working. We can't just show up and expect to do well. It, it's work. Mm. That's one of our other saying, you probably hear us on it. We always say do work. Like, mm. so at the, end of, at the end, at our little team run out, they say theirs. And I always say do work. It's business time because it is, it really is work. Absolutely. Uh, were your girls disappointed this year? How the season ended? Um, it depends on which runner you ask. Hmm. I think some of the seniors were just relieved that they were on the podium again. Hmm. Because they were there as a sophomore, kind of carried by the one individual, hmm. right? And they didn't quite make it as as juniors. And it was just all they wanted to be was back on that podium. Hmm. So they were just relieved. But I think some of the other runners wished we could have placed higher. But ultimately, they are, they're happy with the way the season went. I mean, we, we had a lot of accomplishments. We can't just look at that one day and judge the season on one race and one one course. Yeah. Uh, I know you said that like, communication is really important to you, like being, I don't know, honest with, with all your athletes. But like on a day like Saturday, when you maybe are disappointed, like you wanted to be third or second or first, uh, do you let that show or do you kind of hold that back? I'm really bad with my emotions coming through on my face. <laughs> if I was trying as hard as I could, it, it, it was showing some of the girls have even uh, printed out pictures and, and, and <laughs> me pictures of what my face looked like when they were walking up to fifth place. <laughs> Coach, we're smiling. You're not. <laughs> okay. There's the answer. Uh, this is another question that we, already touched on but if you want to add anything you can uh what advice would you have for coaches of girls teams and then especially male head coaches of, of girls teams again um just being honest and upfront letting the girls know where they stand um i think is important and um and the other i would say is letting them know that you you care about their well-being not just because they're a runner you want them to do well at school. You want them to succeed mm. in college. You want them to, to succeed with their family. And it's, you, you care for them, not just because they're a runner or they're a fast runner. You care mm. about them as your coach. And coaching running is also coaching for life, right? Like there's mm. many life lessons that you learn through running, with the ups and downs, the wins, the losses, injuries, health, um, that they know that you care about them, not just because they're a runner. I think that's mm. been really important. And maybe that was my dad philosophy because I have teenage a teenage daughter, but that letting them know that you are there for them no matter what, even if it's not running related. Mm. That's huge. I feel like it's a, I don't know. I think about even my own running. Sometimes I like to I don't know, spend some time thinking like, what if my like leg just broke right now? Or like, what if I couldn't run ever again? You know, like what, what would my life look like? What do I care about besides running? Like what do my relationships with 
my family, my friends, etc. Like look like I, it's a tough balance when, especially as I'm sure as a head coach, like you want to succeed, you want to see these girls have success, but you also, I don't know, there's more to life than running. Right. Which, uh, which, is, which is hard, right. When you're, you know, you're just off the week of state, but there is a lot more to life than running. And as a coach, I have to remember that too. I have mm-hmm. to remember that although, you know, I'm focused on, we have to do this at regionals. We have to do this at semi-state. They also might have an AP, you know, an AP test. They might have, they're worried about the SAT. They, you know, they got in a fight with their friend. You know, all those things is coaching, not just girls, but coaching kids in general. Sometimes where we see they are a runner, they are a runner. They're not, they're more than a runner. Mm-hmm. You know, they're students, they're, they're friends, their sons and daughters, and they're mm-hmm. athletes. So sometimes I have to take a step back reminding myself, this may have been really important for me because I had nothing else going on in my life right now. And this meet was important. They might've had seven other things that were just as important to their 16, mm-hmm. 17 year old brain as that meet. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Uh, okay. Last question is uh, what advice would you have for parents looking to best support their programs? Um, so be a cheerleader, right? Be mm-hmm. a cheerleader for not just your daughter, everybody else's. If you can cheer louder for everybody else's daughter other than yours, and mm-hmm. they do the same thing on a team like mine, you're going to have 50 parents screaming for your daughter. And, it, and if it's the vice versa, you only cheer when your daughter goes by, you're going to have one parent cheering for your daughter. Mm-hmm. So I, I stress that you cheer louder for your daughter's teammates than your daughter. And if their parents do the same, you're going to have throughout the course, your daughter is going to be having people cheer for her. So that's, that's one thing that I, I stress. And the other is the girls already put enough stress on themselves. They already have their goals. They parents do not need to be 20 minutes before the race, walking over to the team tent, pulling their daughter aside, telling them what they need to do. That makes them more nervous. You don't need to bring, bring grandma over who's seen country <laughs> meet for the very first time 15 minutes before the, your daughter's trying to get to the line. She knows grandma's coming. She knows she's there. So save that for after the race. I, I mean, I think that's pretty important. That's, that's very helpful as a coach too. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Uh, what have you learned over the years about like managing, developing relationships with the parents of the girls in your team? You know, that's, that's a very interesting um, question. That's something I felt like I've done pretty well, but we had a pretty established parent group already. Um, I mean, like I said, we have pasta parties every Friday night. They host all a hundred and some runners to one house and wow. each week a different parent does it. They have food for us on Saturday mornings. Um, They have food after the race for us. Um, They're constantly doing, we have course uh, course work days on Sundays where the parents come and we weed eat and we mulch and we make our course, you know. So that takes talking with parents, but also it has them, if they believe in you with their child, they're going to want to help you more. Mm. They can see that you truly care about the program and you truly care about the well-being of their daughter they're going to want to make the program even more successful. Mm-hmm. So just talking to them, um, having a, we have a team mom who then she will communicate with me and then she communicates to all the parents. So mm-hmm. that really has been helpful. I'm not trying to answer 50 different emails from 50 different parents. <laughs> all the questions go to her. She reaches out to me. I give her the answers 
and then she can communicate that to the rest of the parents. That's been very helpful too. That's a good system. Cool. Well, is there anything else that uh, that we missed or you want to you want to share before we head out? No, I'm just excited for a little bit of two week break here and have Thanksgiving with my family and then get back after it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that we're already here. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. It's I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. My son will be home from college. So I'll have my family all together again. So that's always a fun time. And since we're not doing NXR, I truly get a break. So I get to spend some time with them. Yeah. How's your son doing? <laughs> well, I, I won't, I won't get this too long. He tore his ACL at practice the other day. So he, he's actually coming home for Thanksgiving to actually have surgery. <laughs> so, so. How, how long is recovery supposed to be? Uh, the surgeon told him four to six months and he would probably be back on the soccer field. So he won't miss wow. his junior soccer season. at Walmart. Oh, that's, It's like best case scenario, I guess. Yeah. He tore it right at the end of the season. So, okay. I guess if you have to tear your ACL when you're a college athlete, I guess at the end of your season is the best time. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good decision. Uh, cool. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, this was awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, go Panthers. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time. Thank you.